It's the Braves. It's the Mets. It's round one of 2023. Let's get into it. You are locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Amastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. You can also check out my written work on the Braves over at bravestoday.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching there, hit that thumbs up button as well to help support the show. Locked on Braves. Thanks for making Locked on Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And thank you to all of our everydayers out there. I see some of you in the comments section. Let me know that you watch every day, and I really do appreciate all of that. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be t- previewing this series with the Mets. I'll tell you everything that you could possibly want to know about these two teams entering this matchup. I was hoping to have Ryan Finkelstein from Lockdown Mets on to do a crossover episode, but he's out getting married this weekend. So congrats to Ryan. You want to know anything about the Mets, make sure you are subscribed to Lockdown Mets. He does a great job over there, and I'll have him on later in the year for another series between the Braves and the Mets. So if you're looking for Braves Mets, Action this weekend. I'll have you covered here in this preview, and then me and Grant will have a postcast after all of those games. Hopefully, we get those played. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. So this is round one between the Braves and Mets. Remember, in the balanced schedule this year, there's only four series against these between these two teams this season, and this is a four gamer. Only thirteen games overall. So All of these series just vastly important between these two teams and the Phillies as well, all these teams in the NL East. Now, coming into this series, the Braves are 17-9. and The Mets are 15-11. and They got off to a little bit of a slow start, then had a big winning streak about the same time the Braves had their big winning streak. Then the Braves had their big losing streak and bounced back won three of their last or last four. The Mets, on the other hand, had a big losing streak themselves and then salvaged a game against the Nationals on Tuesday, a game they almost blew in the end, came back and won, and again salvaged a game in that series. So they're 15 and 11. So the Braves come into the series with a two-game lead. Now it's really way too early in the season to start looking at standings, but when it comes to these two teams, you can definitely start looking at the head-to-head matchups and who's going to win that. Now, right now, the Braves have a plus 39 run differential. The Mets have a plus 12 run differential. Um, I mentioned it's a four-game wraparound series, and all these games crucially important is in New York. So first taste of this series, the Braves will be on the road where they've been a much better team, surprisingly, this year. Hopefully that trend continues. Now, I'll start off with my keys to the series for the Braves in this one. And usually you end with your keys, but I'm going to start with my keys. And it really goes back to the same keys from last year. Pitchers have to throw strikes. That is the biggest key when you play the Mets. You cannot help them beat you. 
look, we we saw it all last year, and it's really the same team. We talked about all the moves they made in the offseason. It was really to bring back the same type of club. They're not going to strike out a lot. They're going to put the ball in play. They're going to get some weak hits. It's just going to happen. That's what happens when you put the ball in play a lot, and they're going to take their walks. You have to make them beat you. And we saw early in the season last year, Braves pitchers nibbled on the edges. They tried to go for those strikeouts, and they got high pitch counts, couldn't go deep in the games, walked a lot of batters, and it was just a frustrating watch whenever they played the Mets. They learned from that later in the year and started to adjust, I think, a little bit against them and had more success. You need to see that continue this season, and they have to throw strikes. The Mets have the second most walks in all of baseball this year. If you do not have it that day or you don't have it for a particular inning, they are going to take advantage of that. They're going to get on base. They're going to put the ball in play, and that's how they score their runs. And again, that's what killed the Braves early last year against the Mets. Now, Braves pitching has gotten better. They really struggle with walks early on. A lot of that had to do with Jared Schuster, some of the starting young starting pitching they had in the rotation, and some of the bullpen as well. But they've gotten much better. The Braves are now 12th overall in walk per nine. So, again, something that has to improve. But if there is one key to beating this Mets team, it's do not help them on offense. Make them beat you. If they're going to you know, dink you with, with hits here and there and all of that, you know, it is what it is. That's baseball sometimes. But do not give them – free passes and make those soft hits turn into RBI singles because you walked a batter in front of it. So you cannot give them free passes. You have to make them beat you. It's a, it's a good offensive team. It's not a deadly offensive team. They don't have the power that the Braves have, but if you allow them, they will take advantage of every mistake that you make. And if you don't have your command that day, they are going to absolutely kill you. They're going to get into that bullpen and they're really just going to wreck havoc. So that is the key for the Braves in this series. And anytime they play this Mets team, make them beat you, throw strikes, do not help them out on offense. Now, bear with me. I'm going to run through the stats for each team really quickly, starting on offense where the Braves are, again, superior to the Mets offensively in just about every offensive category except when it comes to strikeouts, which we'll talk about. But in average, the Braves are ninth. The Mets are 18th. It's it's not a high average team, but they're 10th in on-base percentage. The Braves are 6th in on-base percentage. The Braves are 3rd in slugging, a very powerful team. The Mets are 18th in slugging. Uh, runs, the Braves are 6th, and the Mets are 10th. So again, you look at the fact that the Mets are 18th in batting average, they're 18th in slugging percentage, but yet they've scored the 10th most runs in all of baseball. They still find ways to get on base, get runners over, and get them in. They still find ways to score runs. They just get go about it in a different way than the Braves. The Mets are 15th in doubles. The Braves are 12th in doubles. The Braves are 3rd in home runs. The Mets are 19th in home runs. Again, you can see very clearly how these two teams get it done. Braves are 10th in stolen bases. A lot of that coming from Acuna. The Mets are 9th in stolen bases. This is where you see the big difference start to go towards the Mets side of things. The Braves have the 28th most strikeouts in all of baseball. The Mets are 5th. They don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play. They're going to get some soft hits. Again, you just can't follow that up with walks and errors and help them out. Now, the Braves have done a much better job this year taking their walks. They're 4th in the league in walks. The Mets are second. Like I said, 
They don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play. They take their walks, and they get hit by pitches. I don't know what they're doing over there to attract baseballs, but they have the second most hit by pitches this year, something they really, I guess, were good at, if you can say that, last year. They get hit by pitches. The Braves are 19th in that category, but I wanted to mention that because it was honestly a part of the Mets' formula last year for success. It's how they get on base. They take walks. They also will stand in the box, and they'll get hit by a pitch. Again, do not help them out. Uh, hard hit percentage. Braves are first in all baseball. The Braves hit the ball extremely hard when they make contact. Mets are 23rd. It's two very different offenses, and it's the same thing we saw last year. The Braves are relying on hard hits, home runs, all of that, which could be a problem with the weather in New York this weekend. The Mets are really relying on the other team to make mistakes. They're allowing, they're relying on walks. They're relying on hit batters and weak contact to drop in, and that's how they're going to get it done. So two good offenses get it done completely different ways. Now, on the pitching side of things, Mets have been banged up in the rotation. They, you know, uh, Verlander has obviously been hurt. You know, Scherzer has the suspension, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the Braves are fifth in ERA. The Mets are 17th in ERA. Supposed to be a big strength of the Mets. But again, that rotation been a little bit banged up to start the year. In whip, the Braves are 11th. The Mets are 23rd. Uh, and average against, this is where things are, are close. Uh, the Braves are 13th in batting average against. The Mets are 14th, which tells me Mets aren't pitchers aren't giving up a ton of hits, but they are walking a lot of batters. And you can see that in the fact they have it. They're 27th in walk per nine, where I mentioned earlier the Braves are 12th. And in K per nine, the Braves are 8th and the Mets are 17th. So not getting a lot of strikeouts from the pitching staff either so that's where these two teams kind of line up statistically right now again you look at just the pure stats the Braves look like a much better team but the Mets get it done they get it done in a a different way and again you really have to respect what they do over there especially and I'm not going to try to blame everything on the conditions this weekend but it's not conducive to the type of offense that the Braves use to score their runs and I think that does favor the Mets a little bit in this series but Braves offensively have to be patient with that pitching staff who have walked a lot of batters, let them get themselves in trouble, try to find other ways to score runs. Why I think it's good the Braves have Grissom in the lineup right now, Rosario, who's a good bat-to-ball skill type of hitter as well. And really, they need to take advantage of the mistakes that the Braves or that the Mets pitching staff makes against them. So that's how it lines up statistically. Next, I want to get into the players to watch and the pitching matchups for this upcoming weekend, we'll do that here next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting pumped up for all the fun you're going to have at your next event. Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets. I use them myself for some last-minute tickets for the Braves game that I went to getting parking. Uh, and it was a very easy uh, easy way to get those, so I do highly recommend them here. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game, the game time guarantee also means that you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Again, I use them. I looked at all the secondary apps out there, even though I knew I was going to go to game time. 
but Game Time had the lowest price out there, and that's part of their Game Time guarantee. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. You know you're buying tickets. You might as well get $20 off. Use our code LOCKEDONMLB. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, next week we will get back into it. I know I was on vacation this past week, so we didn't get our minors Monday, but we will do that this coming up Monday. This will be a wraparound series with the Mets, so you'll have an afternoon game on Monday as well, and me and Grant will likely have the postcast there to look forward to next week. All right, getting into players to watch in this series. Obviously, for the Braves, it's Ronald Acuna Jr., who I wrote the other day on Bravestoday.com, I think is the most dangerous player in all of baseball with what he brings you in that leadoff spot. You know, going into this game with the Braves or in this series with the Braves batting first, there's going to be a good chance that in one of these games, Ronald Acuna Jr. is instantly going to put the Braves up one to nothing, whether it's with a leadoff home run or he gets on base, steals a bag and scores. That's what Ronald Acuna Jr. can do from the jump of a game. Not to mention last week, a 996 OPS, five of his eight hits were for extra bases. I know those home runs, Haven't necessarily been coming, although we saw one last week, but he is getting those extra base hits, getting the doubles, and then you know he'll steal third. He's done that a couple of times, instantly putting him in an opportunity to score. Also had more walks and strikeouts this past week and five stolen bases with no caught stealing. Again, has a chance to put Atlanta up 1-0 before the Mets even bat in this series. That is a huge advantage for the Braves. Ozzie Albee's been on a tear lately, a 12-14 OPS this past week, three home runs, five of his last eight hits have gone for extra bases. You're likely only going to face one lefty starter in this series. That would be on Friday night against David Peterson. And the Mets really only have one lefty reliever in Brooks Raley's. So probably not going to see a ton of lefties in this series, but either way, Ozzie Albee's been swinging a really good bat. Now on the flip side for Eddie Rosario, Big benefit that the Mets don't have a ton of lefties in this series. Should see a lot of him, and that's been a good thing lately. Eddie is seven for his last 24 with a couple of home runs. Uh, hopefully, you know, he continues to get going. I talked about the bat-to-ball skills. It looks like Eddie's starting to heat up. So those are three of my guys to really watch in this series. For the Mets, Brett Beatty, top prospect, has come up and really tried to spark this offense. He's eight for his last 20 with a home run as well. So really good offensive player. Uh, that the Mets have called up that I think could be a big impact for them this year and helping their offense really go to another level. And then Jeff McNeil, nine hits in his last six games. You know what he does against the Braves, what he does against a lot of teams. He racks up the hits. You know, this is the guy you do not want to be walking people in front of him. If any Braves pitcher walks Brandon Nimmo in front of Jeff McNeil, just fire them immediately, unless it's Spencer Strider or Max Freed. I do not want to see Brandon Nimmo's little trot down to first base at all in this series, especially not a front in front of Jeff McNeil, who is just a hit machine. Now, the other players I'm curious to watch in this series, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson, all four of those players struggling coming into those series. Which one of those guys gets going in this series and helps lift their team to a series win. I know I just said series a lot there, but uh, that is something that I am keying in on in this series is those four guys, and I said it again, they've all been struggling. Mets need Lindor and Alonzo to get going. Braves need Olsen and Riley to get going. Now would be the time for that to happen. Which of those guys breaks out of their funk this weekend? 
All right, next I want to get into the pitching matchup. Some really great pitching matchups this weekend. The Braves will have their guys lined up to go. Mets still a little banged up, but could be getting one of their aces back in the finale of this series. We'll talk about that next. Everyone's always looking for a great fantasy game to see how they would do as the GM of a baseball team. And if you are one of those people, then you got to try this app, Ultimate Pro Baseball a GM. Been telling you about them for a while now. It's a lot of fun. Me and a lot of the lockdown hosts played it during the offseason. And I mean, you can get as detailed as you want with this and strategize every part of being a general manager. You can strategize hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, managing difficult personalities even. You want to deal with a Marcelo Zuna-like situation? You can do that in this game. Scouting, drafting players, navigating your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Lockdown Braves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. So make sure that you check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, finally, we'll get into the pitching matchups in this series. And you look at it on paper, and it should heavily favor the Braves in pretty much all of these matches matchups. I don't think the Braves are going to see Kodai Senga in this one. Obviously, Justin Verlander's out. You may get Max Scherzer on Monday of this series. In fact, I would expect that to be the case. Pitching matchup should heavily favor the Braves. Now, I want to talk about weather for just a second. I'm not a meteorologist, but weather's not good in New York this weekend. It's similar to what we saw in Atlanta on Thursday. Friday, 57 degrees, 50, 57% chance of rain. 57 is the high, I should say. 57% chance of rain. That's the only night game in this series. Saturday is a 4.05 start, and Sunday and Monday are both afternoon starts on saturday this is the one that's really in jeopardy 53 is the high and a 94 percent chance of rain that's spencer strider start i do not want to see him start a game and have to go out like we saw with kyle wright the other day do not want that to happen for any of the Braves pitchers but especially not max freed and spencer strider sunday the high is 60 degrees with a 78 percent chance of rain and then monday is looking like the best day, 64 degrees with a 25% chance of rain. Again, not a meteorologist. I'm sure all this stuff is going to change. Either way, the conditions just don't look ideal in New York. Even if these games are played, it's going to probably be somewhat of sloppy conditions. Again, like we saw Thursday between the Braves and the Marlins, and it was just honestly an ugly game. I don't know that the weather necessarily had anything to do with it, but it just was not what I would say pretty baseball weather now looking at these pitching matchups max Fried versus david peterson on friday this almost has to be a must win easy win in this series and i know there's no such thing as an easy win in baseball especially against two division rivals but this needs to be that to set the tone in this series you have your ace on the mound going up against a lefty and you can pretty much stack the lineup with righties against him this has to be a win, and again, hopefully weather doesn't affect anything and we get this game in with no delays. Max Fried can do what he's been doing lately and what he's really done against the Mets. Last year, he made five starts against the Mets, went at least five innings in all of them and gave up two earned or less 
and all of them. So want to see Max Freed be able to get his full start in, go six innings, you know, two earned or less, and hopefully this offense can go to work against David Peterson. Now, Peterson had solid numbers against the Braves last year, but they have to get to him in this one and get into that bullpen. You know, that's really going to be key in game one, and that's why I really hope the weather isn't affected by this. Braves had to cover a lot of innings on Thursday because of that rain delay. So this is, again, you have your ace on the mound. You need him to give you length. You need that offense to go to work against a lefty who's been struggling to start the year and make this an easy win, and hopefully the Braves can cruise and the second or the end of the game use some of their lesser bullpen arms to get through this one and get an easy win, save the bullpen, and really set the Braves up for success in this series. That needs to happen in game one. Nothing in baseball ever happens the way that it should, but that's the way that sh things should go for the Braves on Friday night if weather holds up and the game gets played as expected without any delays. On Saturday, Spencer Strider uh, get, versus McGill. Got to pound the strike zone for Spencer Strider. Love him. He's my Cy Young pick. Can't get frustrated with the foul balls. I think a lot of times when you saw Spencer Strider against the Mets last year, he's getting frustrated with those foul balls, and that's what happens when you're a two-pitch pitcher. Yes, they're both elite pitches, but it does give the hitter an opportunity to foul off some of those pitches, especially good hitters like the Mets have who can put the bat on the ball. Strider has to stick with his game plan, continue to pound the strike zone, not let those foul balls get to him, not let the strike zone get to him, as we saw in a start against the Mets last year. Um, you know, if he can do that, I think he's going to have a ton of success. Will he go deep in that start? That does concern me a little bit with Spencer Strider in this one. If he can get through six innings, great, but I think that's probably the max for him in this game. Last year against the Mets, uh, 12 and a third innings, six earned, six walks. Did have 17 strikeouts. Again, he got his strikeouts, but he wasn't able to go deep in any of those starts against the Mets last year. And he struggled with walks a little bit this year. Three walks in three of his five starts so far, but none in his last one, which was obviously his best start of the year, but it was against the Marlins. So, you know, you have to consider that as well. But hopefully we see that Spencer Strider come out, pound the strike zone, not get frustrated by those foul balls, and just continue to go to work in the zone. McGill has given up nine darn runs in his last three starts with eight walks and nine strikeouts. This needs to be another fairly easy win. Look, you have your two aces going in the first two games of this series, going up against pitchers that the Braves offense should be able to get to. Both of these need to be fairly easy and convincing wins for the Braves, in my opinion. And, and honestly, on paper, they should be. But as we know, nothing happens in baseball on paper or in actuality as it should or as it looks on paper. But these first two games with Freed and Strider going up against Peterson and McGill need the Braves to just take care of business and get those two games because the next two could be a little bit more questionable for the Braves. On the back end of this series, you have Charlie Morton versus Jose Budo on Sunday which Morton do we get against the Mets? He makes me a little nervous against this Mets team because he relies a lot on Chase and Chase outside of the zone, and that's not something that the Mets do. Um, you know, but he had one great start against the Mets last year, but a couple of clunkers as well. So which Morton do we get against the Mets? Can he get that curveball over in the strike zone for strikes? Can he locate that fastball on the edges, or is he missing over the plate? 
A lot of times last year against the Mets, I know they're not a home run team, but he'd hit a batter, he'd walk a batter, and he'd give up a two or three run home run. That that can't happen in this game. It can't happen against this Mets team. Again, you help them out, they will take advantage of your mistakes. And I'm just I'm a little worried that Charlie Mayton's Charlie Morton's gonna make too many mistakes against this Mets team. Now, Braves are going up against a young pitcher. And Muto, Muto, who has three career MLB starts, a 6.59 ERA and a 2.20 WHIP, only given up three earned in two starts this year, but he hasn't gone deeper than five innings and has walked ten batters. Have to be patient against this young kid. Make him come in the zone. Take advantage of the walks. Get on base. I'm talking to you, Ozzy Albies. Take your walks if he's going to give them to you, and let this kid get in trouble. Get him out of the game put up, you know, hang up a three, four spot on him and get into that bullpen. That's going to be the key to success on Sunday, which again, depending on what Morton we get, that could become somewhat of an offensive game. And then on Monday, going to have Bryce Elder for the Braves. Elder did make a start against the Mets last year, did pitch and relieve two plus innings there. A couple of fifth starter type starts for Elder lately, which is fine. And they've still been really solid but he's starting to pitch more like a fifth starter at this point. And if he's going up against Max Scherzer, which it looks like could be the case, could spring trouble for the Braves on Monday. Scherzer coming off the suspension, uh, got caught with some substance on his hand, didn't get it properly removed, whatever the case may, it may be. I'm not going to get into that, but he got thrown out of the game, got suspended, should be eligible to come back on Monday. Just three innings pitched against the Dodgers on April 19th. You know, is he going to be able to go deep into this game? He hasn't completed six innings since his first start of the year. So make him work. I think that's the key there. He struggled a bit with walks this season, nine walks and 19 and a third innings for Scherzer and and fewer and more innings pitched than strikeouts as well. So it hasn't even been that typical dominant type Scherzer that we're used to seeing. But I think the key here is to make him work. He hasn't pitched in a while, only pitched three innings in his last start. Hasn't gone beyond six innings in the game yet this season. Walked a lot of batters already. Make Scherzer work in this one. That would be the key there. Now, just some quick news for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Rysel Iglesias tossed a scoreless perfect inning on Thursday. I know that was great news for Braves fans who have watched A.J. Minter blow a couple of saves here in this past week. And Michael Harris is back. He will return for this series against the Mets, Eli White and Nick Solak were both options. Solak was up for Eli White, who was on the paternity list. Braves went ahead and optioned both of them back to Gwinnett to make room for Michael Harris, who is back and will be a welcome addition to that outfield. We'll see if Sam Hilliard becomes the everyday left fielder now, although the Braves will be playing a lefty on Friday night. So I'd imagine we see Kevin Pillar out there. But for the rest of this series, do we see Hilliard in left? and Harris in center, and then what happens at the DH spot? Is that where Rosario goes? That's how I would play it, but we'll see how Brian Snicker and the Braves play it in this series, which should be a fun one. Anytime the Braves and Mets meet up, it's so great right now to have this rivalry back. I think these two teams will be at the top of the NLE standings along with the Phillies for a while to come. So anytime these two teams meet, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, I'll have the postcast for you on Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and on the Locked On Braves podcast feed. So make sure that you are subscribed there so you can get those over the weekend for all four of those games. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks so, ma- so much for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Thank you again to all our everydayers out there. Uh, make sure that you follow the 
podcast on Twitter at locked on underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstop ball. Also make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the lockdown Braves podcast, wherever you get your podcast and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 